0: What's up y'all, it's your girl KB and welcome to another episode of the Hearts Convos podcast where we believe it's not a hard conversation, it's a heart conversation. Guess who's here with me? My co-host, Raphine.
1: Hello everybody. <laughs> oh my gosh, guess who's here with me? Guess who's here with me?
0: Uh, <laughs> oh man, what's up um, Raffiné? how are you doing?
1: You know I'm here. It's another day. Amen. Above ground. Yes, we I'm grateful. God.
0: It is something to be grateful for. Life that is. Um, how has your week been? Did you watch the Super Bowl? I mean,
1: it was on, but that oh, okay. you know, was So a, you
0: watched the halftime show?
1: Uh, that's what I was waiting on. I watched Big. the. I watched America the Beautiful. I watched the national anthem. And yes, then Yolanda? I watched the halftime show. And then that was, that was it. And then it was back to just being on. Man.
0: <clears throat> so give us your professional opinion of the halftime show. Y'all know Raffinate can sing, right? Have we
1: ever talked about this? Oh, we're talking about it. See, I was like, my professional opinion is a halftime show. Um. It you know I was pretty disappointed that Shakira did all that lip singing and that it was not done well. I'm like, you gonna come all the way out here to Miami and lip sync and then lip sync poorly? Oh, it was not. It was not new. It was not is not new. <laughs> and so. I was pretty disappointed in there, but let me tell you, J-Lo came out here and was like, I may be in my 50s, but I came here to lay it all on this field for these, however many minutes it was, and J-Lo was out there getting it. I didn't get all the people like, oh, this is inappropriate, and I'm like, y'all, it just, people always have something to say about everything, and yeah, so. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, let's just be excited. I didn't think it was inappropriate. If you thought it was going to be inappropriate, you had more than enough time to turn it off before it came on. Because even the people were like, oh, our light's about to go off because they're about to start behind us. And then it didn't even start immediately. So you had ample time. Turn it off if, you're concerned, <laughs> if you don't want your children to see that. What
0: did you well, here's expect the thing. was going to be? I, I was going to say,
1: here's the thing.
0: Shakira, j J-Lo amazing Latina women who have like just done their thing and have a whole career and reputation. Like you mean to tell me you didn't know what was, I expected nothing but hips and skin the whole time. <laughs> I didn't even really expect any singing. I just expected a lot of dancing, you know what I'm saying? And so there was far more singing than I expected, uh, to be completely honest. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought it was an incredible moment for, you know, the Latin community, you know, for sure. to to have that that type of platform, absolutely. Um, You know what I mean, and and to really celebrate that that culture, you know what I'm saying, like, and for Puerto Rico and for just just so many just so many, I think wins in that respect. Um But yeah, I was kind of multitasking. We were hosting and just watching something on my laptop and. But Who when multitask the halftime is
1: during on. the halftime show?
0: Uh, I. I do. I don't know. I was, I was watching a movie. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a movie. I didn't get to finish. You ever been like interrupted in a movie? You're like, I need to know what's about to happen. So I kind of was in and out, uh, but yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was good. It was, it was really, really good. I was, I was very, very um, I- encouraged to, to know that at 50, I can still
1: keep it tight. Listen and and write if I do. She's the still Jenny from the block, okay? <laughs> Listen, she's still. Don't be fooled. She used to be a fly girl. She like don't forget, okay? Okay. <laughs> a fly girl was on in Living Color. For those of you that don't know, like what
0: she was like, it's what? It's a fly girl, And they Like, and what is In Living Color?
1: <laughs> okay, just Google it. Google it. Right. Google it. Anyway,
0: in other news, right? How did you um, tra- you know, process the Kobe Bryant passing and the um the crash and the nine that passed like how was all that for you
1: um the week before you know i was talking to a colleague about this a counseling colleague about this last week and it was very sad and for me mostly sad because nine lives were lost and Mm -hmm. families that woke up with these family members went to bed that night without these family members without parents, some of them, without siblings, um, just cousins, friends, sisters, whatever the relationship was. And it was incredibly, like, it was shocking. Like, I saw something on Facebook that was like, tell me this about Kobe isn't true. And I was in the middle of cooking, so I was like, I really don't have time to, like, research what they're talking about right now. And so I proceeded with doing what I was doing, and I was like, I'll look it up later. And my friend maybe, like, 30 or 40 minutes later, was like, oh, my God. And she told me, and I was like, what? And I was like, that's what it was? And so I was just kind of at a halt for a few minutes and just, like, deeply saddened. And I was like, man, immediately in that moment, I was like, but there were other people on that plane, too, I'm sure. Like, at least a pilot. Um, but, you know, Kobe gets a lot of attention because of just who he is in our culture and um I'm not a basketball fan so I'm not really a big fan of any sports player but just knowing the impact that he's had on a lot of people's lives and just the ripple and wave effects and um it was very just sad um I found myself talking to all of my clients about it in sessions just because it was on people's minds um wanting mm-hmm. to talk about it and all the impacts that it was having on them, whether they were Kobe fans or whether it brought up some recent grief that they had experienced in their life or whether it made them think about their own family or their own father or just whatever kind of things are brought up as a result of death. And so I, I, I would, I would say overall I just felt deeply sad about it. Um, But I also found myself talking a lot to clients and helping them kind of process How it was impacting their own lives,
0: for sure. Um, Yeah, we found out right when it hit the news. Um, We were had the TV on, and it was just kind of like a breaking news kind of thing. And the guy actually misreported um, in the in the the first report that him and all of his daughters were on the Mm plane with him or or something Mm -hmm. like that. that uh, that. So we. Um, we're kind of shocked. Like Mike was like, no way, you know, and Kobe actually, um, for him is, you know, that's his guy, he's been a Laker fan, you know, for a very, very long time. And he's not a bandwagon Laker fan. Like he's hardcore. And what's funny is a whole box of jerseys showed up this past week that I didn't even know, you know, he for real, for real had until recently. And it's like, he has always just been a Kobe fan and, um, really appreciated the legacy that he, you know, the in that he built and that he left and so uh Mike was Mike was pretty sad about that thing and I think for me we were grieving we were grieving differently and different things, um, but both grieving just the loss, you know, like the like the, the crazy loss um of people and so yeah, I think for me it was one of those, Are you serious? And I just wanted to know what had happened. I think he was still trying to just process hearing the news that Kobe had died. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think yeah. after watching the first few hours of it, you know, my heart really started to grieve for the families that, um, knew that their, their families were also lost, but no one else knew. Um, and I kept thinking like, man, there were others on that plane. And for a while nobody was saying anything about the others. Um, and so that part of that was cause they didn't know. Right. Um, and then some of that is again, because of the legacy, the amount of legacy that, that, Kobe had and so and that was known. You get what I mean? And so I was Well and saying, they have nah, to
1: notify family members too, so there's that piece that causes there to be delay in names being released.
0: Oh sure, sure, sure. And so, um so yeah, it was it was heavy, it was hard and um it's kinda just been, you know, for me a learning experience about all of the things that he's done, you know, and the ways that he's impacted people. Um, and then also learning of the I've watched a few of the um, uh, interviews and stories that they have of now the others that were on you know what I'm saying like the helicopter as well and just just to think that people are trying to do something with their lives you know what I'm saying they're trying to leave an impact they're trying to be the best versions of themselves that they can be and um, it's it's an encouragement to me to one remember that you know life is short um, and it's not promised but then also with the time that I've been given it if from here, I should do something with it, which is you know uh, kind of been a an ongoing thing this last week, so that uh is kind of where I was with the Kobe stuff, so yeah we just you know we just want to acknowledge you know um the nine lives that were lost in the accident and just celebrate their lives and um and who and who they were and the impact that they had you know in their respective places so mm-hmm. Uh, in today's episode, though, we are going to have a conversation about an email that we received. Um, so, again, if you ever have any questions that you would like for us to kind of open up on the show, um, we would love to do that. And you can send those to askheartconvos at gmail.com. That's A S K H E A R T H R C O. Wow. C O. Okay. I was like, ask heart heart (laughs) Mm (coughs) wow i'm really struggling today my brain is literally just all over the place let's try it again shall we um so if you ever have any questions uh that you would like for us to answer on the show we would love to you can always send them to ask convos at gmail.com that's a s k h e a r t c o n v o s at gmail.com so rafine take it away
1: Okay, so this email is from a young lady, 23 years old, struggling with forgiveness and what it means in past and present relationships. So she went through a breakup with someone she identified as her best friend um, just due to realizing they didn't have the same values and being hurt in a relationship and realizing that the partner he was not willing to grow and to change, so she decided to roll out. But
0: Wait, were they together or are they just
1: friends? No, they were in a relationship. I said that.
0: Oh, you said her best friend.
1: That's what she identified this person as.
0: But the, we, this is was her boyfriend. Yes. Okay, you said best friend, so I'm thinking like there was no romantic interest. No, that's that's they what dated. she
1: identified.
0: Okay, but they dated and. uh
1: it said last year I broke up with my best friend after he showed his true colors. Yeah, it, this was a relationship. You think so? She it didn't says say that. that. It says that. It's okay, a, a, I will okay. read it the way that... No, it,
0: no, 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 no. no. <laughs> don't. I just wanted to clarify because I was uncertain. Keep going.
1: Okay, anyway. so now being out of the relationship, she is still hurt and she doesn't know what forgiveness means. And is trying to understand how she can no longer be hurt. Uh, Also struggling with forgiveness in relationship with her mother. um, And just feeling as if that relationship is not one she can cut off. She stays with mom. Sees mom every day. Tried to have hard conversations with mom about things that have happened in the past. And she says things get ugly. Uh, And she believes that mom has a lot to deal with before they can even begin to address their issues. So questions that came out of this how do i forgive without receiving an apology how can i forgive a person who isn't even sorry talking about the ex and the bible says we should forgive what exactly does that even mean i don't want my faith to turn sour because of unforgiveness so um i'm going to start with definition just because i enjoy the dictionary personally so webster is my dictionary of choice miriam webster and so i'm the definition that webster gives of forgive because forgiveness says something about to grant forgiveness or something like that i don't know what it says but anyway forgive is to cease or feel resentment against an offender or to pardon It also means to give up resentment of or claim to requital for something to grant relief from the payment of. So like forgiving a debt. Okay. So it's pardoning someone. It's giving up resentment. It's choosing to no longer feel resentment towards a person. I think that's a great definition. I would have said something similar like just this idea of releasing someone else for excuse me for a wrong that you believe has happened or an offense that you believe has happened and you got something you want to say about that before i keep on okay so i think the thing about forgiving without receiving an apology i hear this so often in the context of my work and what i tell my clients is that forgiveness is about you it's not about the other person. So you're not forgiving them or releasing them, releasing the resentment or pardoning this person because they've said I'm sorry or apologized or realized so deeply how much they've hurt you. Because if you're waiting on that, with some people, you may wait forever or you just may never get that. Like, what if they're not here anymore? What if you don't talk to them? Not even just dead. Like, They may just be gone and you don't have access to them anymore. And so I think the focus has to be on what is best for you and for your health and well-being and what will help you to move forward. And so I believe that you want to release the resentment, the bitterness, the anger, whatever it is that you have as a result of this hurt or offense that has happened because it's for your good and for your well-being. Not because somebody came and said, I'm sorry. That's just, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that's a cherry on top added bonus if you get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that also forgiveness does not equal or mean that I forget about whatever happened. I hate I mean hate and I don't use that word often (laughs) but I cannot stand when people say oh you need to forgive and forget I'm like in what world like that is the most idiotic thing that I have ever heard and I don't say it and I wish other people would stop saying it because I just think it's unrealistic to say that somebody should forgive and forget like we have memories and so Unless I got dementia or something, I'm probably not going to (laughs) forget. And you may not even remember all the gory details, but typically people do not forget how something made them feel, even Mm -hmm. if I don't remember everything that happened there. And so I think it's more realistic to say, hey, I can release this person from what they did and choose to move on. Now, we can get into this a little later. I also don't believe forgiveness is just this one time event, though. I think there are times when, depending on what it is, I believe there are times when forgiveness has to be a continual, sometimes daily decision that I'm going to continue to walk in forgiveness towards this person because maybe something triggers a memory or something pops up in my head, but it doesn't equal that I have to allow that hurt or offense to hold the same kind of power and or weight over me and it doesn't have to dictate my actions, just because I remember that stuff.
0: It's interesting to me that you're like, you know, you don't think that forgiveness is a one-time thing. It's an, it's something that people have to continue to do. Why is that uh, interesting? Just because a lot of times people be like, well, I forgave them. But then something will come up, like a memory or a feeling or something, and in that moment you're suggesting like, that they need to remember that they've extended forgiveness and continue to extend forgiveness. Right. Not to then take the memory of that thing and be like, you know what, I'm going to now choose to hold that over their head because it's triggering me again. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I think in order for this idea of forgiveness being an ongoing thing and not doing the forgive and forget Thing, like I think it complements really, really well. Cause the idea of saying I forgive you and I'm gonna forget what you did to me, to your point, doesn't make sense. But at the same time, in my in my mind, I'm like, no, you're not going to forget how it made you feel. And so, when those feelings are triggered that don't feel good, you then make the choice to say I'm going to continue to forgive you. Like, for you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is not a one time thing. I'm going to continue to 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 not hold this over your head. I'm going to continue to pardon you. Because what happens is people will free somebody from something that they that they did to them like, "Hey, I'm going to pardon you for that. I'm not going to hold this over your head. Like I've let it go." But then if they're triggered again, they pick all of that back up and then they start to hold on to it and now mm-hmm. they're holding something over someone's head. So, forgiveness is not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing process and the fact that you cannot forget how someone made you feel is proof that it's an ongoing process is what I was trying to say.
1: I see. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And it's, it's interesting to me because I think the, I've had conversations with people where they're like, well, I thought I had forgiven them. And I'm like,
0: maybe you did. did."
1: Right. I mean, I, I can't say with confidence that you did. You may have said I'm over this, whatever. So, that, that could be a little right. different sometimes. That could be a way to kind of push it off, push it down, and suppress right. versus really dealing. Um, but that's a conversation sometimes I have with people. It's like, maybe you did, but maybe along the way at some point you decided not to continue to remember that or con- to continue to walk in that thing. And so slowly but surely maybe you start to pick things back up and now you're back at square two that is such a real
0: thing that is such a real thing this idea of like I thought I forgave them or I thought I was over this or I thought and I don't know why we have this expectation on ourselves to be a one and done like I think just in general people are like hey if I've accomplished this you know thing (laughs) maybe it's like task oriented mindset or the success mindset of like once you do it you've done it and it's done and I'm like that's not how life works you know what I'm saying like and then especially not as a Christian, like as a Christian, you're in this process of sanctification for the rest of your life. Like you're not just working on your anger at one time, getting it right and then be like, all right, I guess I'm done with that anger thing. Like, it's like, no, it's like, you know, like it's an ongoing, a constant, uh, like leaning back into the truth of the gospel to say, like, oh, OK, um, this is what is true. And this is what really has to dictate my life, like not what my feelings are. But even if you're not religious and you don't subscribe you know what i'm saying to that mindset the idea that when it comes to forgiveness you can forgive somebody and then just do that that one time and then just it never be triggered again or never feel anything about it again and i don't know like i don't know why we think that way like why our mindset is we've i did it one time and i shouldn't have to do it again
1: that and sounds I like just, a lot of pressure to me
0: <laughs> it does sound like a, it sounds like a whole lot of pressure and it sounds like a, a, a just very unrealistic expectation that people put on themselves. Like to, if I did this one time, I have to do it, and that's why people will be like, I must not be a Christian. Like, I became a Christian, and then I just found myself doing something again. So I must, it must not have worked. It's like so same thing with forgiveness. Like I thought I forgave them, but why do I feel this way towards them? Because you're human. Mm. Now choose to forgive them again. You know what I'm saying, or choose to continue to forgive them. You know what I'm saying. Like it's just this choosing of a new way. You get what I mean? Like every single day that I don't have the ability to do on my own. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I I just, I'm choosing this way, you know? Um, I think that would be freeing for a lot of people just to know like it's an ongoing choice.
1: It's similar to choosing to be resentful or bitter towards somebody. Maybe you don't wake up in the morning and think super deeply about it. But you have to choose to remain in that place of like, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be bitter. I'm going to not talk to you. I'm going to not engage you. And so why can't we do the same thing on the other side of that? Like, if I'm going to release it, I can make that same choice each day, each week, each time I interact with them, whatever it is, each time it comes up, I'm going to choose to not go back to that place of resentment or anger or, or frustration or whatever it is that you might
0: be experiencing that's good Um, I think it ties in well with this idea of the hurt and forgiveness parallel that she kind of asked about like if I've forgiven them like how do I why do I still feel hurt or like what do I do with my hurt or does my hurt mean that I haven't forgiven and I I think to your point no that that is not the case you know just because um, a situation will happen and there are consequences to that situation and your forgiving someone for their poor choice does not change the consequences. Does that make sense? Your regret for something that you've done does not change the consequences. It's kind of like you can be sorry that you accidentally you know, hit someone with a car. That doesn't change the fact that it broke their leg and they had to go to the hospital. And now there's going to be a period of recovery. You get what I'm saying? Like So the, the consequences of um, being hurt by somebody... Um, are different, you know, and, and so if you find yourself um, still being affected, you know, like by something that someone has done, but you've chosen not to hold that over their head, and you've, you've chosen not to hold that over their head, and you've released them from that. Um, I think it's now a matter of trust in how you move forward in either in trusting them if that and being reconciled to them. We've had this conversation before that when it comes to Reconciliation, forgiveness, and trust, a lot of times people put all three of those things in the same category. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry, it's a thought that I want to make sure that I captured. Um, so oftentimes when it comes to uh, reconciliation, forgiveness, and trust, people feel like they all three belong in the same category. And that's not true. Like you can forgive someone and not trust them. Um, that's not the goal. In my personal opinion, the goal is not, oh, I was hurt by you and now I'm just over you and I'm done and I've moved on and I've cut you out of my life. As far as I'm concerned, someone uh, someone can offend you and the goal for me then is for y'all to be reconciled and for trust to be rebuilt. That would be the goal as far as I'm concerned. But what often happens is people are in a relationship, something happens, there's hurt, so now you have to choose to forgive them and not hold the, that thing over them or, or you're pardoning them for the offense. And then you have to look at what reconciliation looks like between the two of you, like coming, what that coming back together looks like or determine whether or not the offense caused a, a tear that cannot be repaired. But my question to you is, there was a tear, there was an offense, can you be brought back together? And if you can be brought back together, what does it look like to rebuild trust in that area um, so that you're not walking around you know, <laughs> on eggshells feeling like, oh, they're going to hurt me any moment. They're going to hurt me any moment. So I think that there are different, different things that we're talking about. And sometimes it all gets lumped under this umbrella of forgiveness. People feel this pressure to say that if I've forgiven someone, that means that I have to trust them the same way that I trusted them before. Or if I've forgiven someone, then that means that our relationship will look like it looked before. And, I, and I'm like, I don't think that that is true. And I think that's tied to the fact that there are consequences for the choices that we make. Um, and maybe a consequence of being offended by a certain person in a certain way meant that a new boundary had to be created. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, so, um, and so, yeah, I don't think they're all the same, the same thing. So I would say to this young lady and to anybody else who's, re- who's working through forgiveness in a situation to just know that your feelings might n- need time to catch up to what you've chosen to do um, with your
1: decision to forgive them. Listen, I literally just had this conversation with somebody, I think that was last week, about we feel something and sometimes our our actions go along with the way that we feel. So let's say I feel hurt and offended, then I'm going to behave in a way that exemplifies or exudes that hurt and offense or disappointment. And sometimes even if I feel hurt, I might need to choose to act in a different way. And the emotions then have to catch up, like you just said, later. It's almost like a a working backwards because the way that I think has the ability to impact the way that I feel, which has the ability to impact my actions or my behavior. And sometimes I can't always change the feelings. So let's say somebody dies. I think, oh, this sucks, I'm so sad, I'm so hurt, instead of acting out in a way that's unhealthy for me, like going to punch a wall, I may need to go talk to somebody that I trust or go journal or sit down and cry. It doesn't mean my feeling of sadness is going to change immediately, but I'm changing my behavior. And at some point, the sadness might not go away, but it might diminish or it might change to acceptance of the fact that, okay, this person is gone, I can't do anything, I can't change it. Um, Mm. and, and I think sometimes all those things become level ground. It's like, well, I feel this way. So I'm going to act out on my, on my feelings and Mm. the immediate, what we call in therapy action urge that comes from certain emotions is not always the best choice though. And so, uh, sometimes you got to slow down that process and say, okay, let me be a little more, maybe rational, practical about this and figure out what it is that I need to do and allow those emotions or your thoughts to then catch up with what you're doing behaviorally.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, something that jumped out to me when you were initially reading the email is when she said um, the heart combos with her mom that she was trying to have. Mm-hmm. I just want to celebrate the fact, one, that she sent in this email and wants to do the self-work of like working through this forgiveness thing and like putting her story out there in this way, I think that's so brave and it took courage and vulnerability and so I just wanna celebrate that. Um, and that she also has tried to apply what she's been learning in a relationship. Uh, and, and I just, again, wanna say, well done, good job, you know, in, in doing that. Um, although the, the outcome might not have been what you wanted, you have been diligent to do your part and I think that that's worth celebrating um but I I love how she said have I tried to have some heart combos with my mom and she was able to honestly assess like hey it just has led to you know blow-ups or you know the conversations haven't gone well and as a result of analyzing that she was then able to conclude that her mom has work to do and so she didn't carry that and put that on herself and I think sometimes that happens like people will be in a relationship with another person who doesn't maybe have the same capacity or perspective or maturity that they have in regards to working through something. And so they continue to put it on them. Oh, well, something must be wrong with me. Something, you know, I must not be doing something And the, so the fact that she could own the part that she needed to own and take responsibility for her and also just be able to draw a boundary and to distinguish what her mom is re- responsible for, I think is a healthy boundary Cause that, that is what Dr. Henry cloud, you know, defines as a boundary. It's a, a dividing line that determines what, you're responsible for and what I'm responsible for. And she's not responsible for her mom's self-work. And so I just want to celebrate that. And you, um, you know, young lady, like, it's, it's hard, you know, when you go in and you're like, I'm going to have this heart combo and maybe it'll, it'll come out good and then it doesn't. <laughs> you could be like, man, squash all this heart combo stuff, but you didn't. You're like, you know what? My mom has work to do. And I just think that, that, that you're able to get to that place as a result of understanding more and more what health looks like. Um, mm-hmm. and so I just wanted to celebrate celebrate that
1: yeah for sure
0: was there anything else in the email that stuck
1: out um, no but I think I can maybe give an example or share a little snippet so I um, in I was in a A dating relationship that ended very badly um, several years ago I won't say the year circa a year and um, I had such anger and bitterness and resentment for a long time and one of the things that was really helpful for me was at some point sitting down and analyzing What happened and being able to take ownership of my part, similar to what you were just talking about and being able to separate like, okay, this is what I contributed to the issues. Here's what I don't think I contributed to the issue. And I, I just came to this point where I was just like, I'm so tired of being angry and bitter and it took so much energy for the, like, when I would see this person, they would come up and be like, Hey, Raffine, for me to literally say nothing <laughs> and not engage them and act like they were just a ghost. Like I, like, I literally heard you say my name, and I literally did not acknowledge you in any way. I mean, not a blink of an eye, not a head slight turn, nothing. Just, like, continuing to do what I was doing if I was talking to someone And I mean, that lasted for a long time. And when I finally sat down and did that analysis, I was like, okay, I had culpability in this. And for me, that helped me to, one, stop playing the blame game, but then two, really be able to then release this person because it wasn't all them. And I think sometimes with unforgiveness, it's so easy to amplify and make large what the other person has done Mm -hmm. and sometimes not look at my role. Now, is this always? No. So if you've been through some kind of trauma out there and you like, well, I didn't deserve. Okay, I'm not talking about everybody, but in my case in particular. And I think that for me really allowed me to have, I think, a more sober perspective And then really be able to then release this person. And to at some point we did have a conversation. Um, I'm not saying you got to do that for some people that does not present itself. Um, But it was freeing honestly for me to be able to release them. Which kind of goes back to what I was talking about at the very beginning of you do forgiveness for you. Mm -hmm. not for the other person. Like, Mm -hmm. if the motivation is because you're sorry or I'm not going to forgive you because you're not sorry, you're doing more damage to yourself than the other person. Because Mm -hmm. nine times out of ten, they probably not think about you. They at home sleeping, (laughs) eating, living their life. Like, and you over here just going through it. And I think my encouragement when it comes to forgiveness is like, you're worth it. You're worth taking the time and energy to release this person for your overall health and well-being separate and apart from them and what they got going on because if it's dependent on them then like you may never do it and I just Mm -hmm. think that sucks like Mm -hmm. you're worth it you're worth it enough to say you know what I'm gonna take care of me and I'm gonna do what I need to do to ensure that I'm living the best life that i can that i'm able to engage in relationships and not bring this into it because when i start to see things that look like that then i'm like last somebody last time somebody did this mm-hmm. this is what they was doing they was about to hurt me mm-hmm. and I, I ain't got time for that because right. i can write 80 books about that and it's just in my opinion not the best way to to live
0: agreed i think uh my final bit of a a bit of um, encouragement it has to do with her comment about um, not wanting her faith to grow sour because of unforgiveness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and I would say that you know your um, faith is based on your relationship with God, um, and it 's just a relationship with with him, like you and him and so a, another relationship with a person going wrong should not affect your relationship with God. It's almost kind of like you blaming, like taking the baggage of one relationship and taking it into every other allowing it to affect every other relationship that you have. And I think we do that often as people. Like we get hurt by people and then we almost shift the blame and responsibility on our, you know, on God as if what the choices that that person made in their relationship with you has something to do with your relationship with with him and I think if we can Acknowledge that um, You know again From a, a Christian worldview, a biblical perspective it's like we, we, We've all been given Free will and a person's Decision to hurt you um, it, it Does not change the fact That there's a God who loves you and who you have A relationship with and who desires um, For you to be walking in your purpose and, um, and, and you know Has your best interest at heart um, ultimately and so I don't know that it's a when we, when we think about expectations that we put on different people in relationships I almost don't know if it's a realistic expectation for God to step in and allow you not to be hurt by the poor choices of other people when he's given all of us free will and when he ultimately knows that as a result of being hurt by others that hurt and that hardship has the ability to produce something in you to make you a better person ultimately like in the long run like I think I heard a guy named Wildebeest who's a choreographer I'm hoping to have him on the show at some point Uh, but he has a dance competition that he does every year and one of the things that I heard said at that competition in regard to the dancers being selected to be a part of the company or not was things don't just happen to you they happen for you and if he was like, if you can have that mindset, it'll help when you get news that you weren't expecting or when things happen that you d- didn't want to happen. So in that context, you know, hundreds of people were auditioning to be a part of this dance company. And, um, you know, not everybody was going to make it. But he didn't want people to think like, oh, well, this happened to me that I didn't get it. And then that's it. You know, so that must mean I'm not going to. He's like, no, maybe you didn't get it. It was an opportunity that happened for you to become a better dancer or to work harder Mm -hmm. or to, or to be a part of another opportunity and not specifically this one. And I think it's the same thing. Like maybe um, you were hurt in this relationship, not as just something that happened to you or you're disappointed with the way you were treated. And that wasn't just something that happened to you, but maybe it happened for you to, to recognize your growth and maturity in the situation or, That you deserve to be treated better or that you needed healthier boundaries or that, um, you know, maybe there was something you were looking to in this relationship that was ultimately going to be unsatisfying. You know, that you should have only been looking to God for or whatever. Like maybe all of those things happen for a reason. Um, And I don't say that in a cliche like, oh, everything happens for a reason. I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast for longer than now, (laughs) like (laughs) that, like longer than that statement that I just made, you would know that I am nothing about me is cliche. Um, I am very much so an authentic individual who is low-key a pessimist and (laughs) calls out the real in everything, you know? And so, um, and wants to go beneath the surface about everything. And so, um, I'm not just on the everything happens for a reason tip, um, but I'm really like, but I do mean it when I say every single thing happens for a reason. And and, and, and it's all about perspective and, and, and what we do with those things that happened um and so yeah your faith doesn't have to grow sour it should it could grow stronger as a result of this um if you allow what has happened in this relationship to point you back to your relationship with God and to lean into him for comfort and strength and growth and maturity to to walk through it so that's my thought on the whole faith growing sour bit um Anyway, thank you so much um, to this young lady for sending in this email. We appreciate you giving us um, just something to to talk about that we were both passionate about and that we have both wrestled with and lived through and continue to live through just every single day. Um, So thank you for that. And thank you guys for listening. Um, Shout out to all of the patrons. Um, that support monthly they give us the opportunity to do more things like this if you're ever interested in becoming a patron you can go to www.patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash heartconvos um, to find out how you can get involved and give at a specific level that helps um, push forward the work that we're doing uh, here on the podcast in the vlog and in other uh, creative outlets thank you so much again for listening each week you don't want to miss uh, the next episode that we're going to have or even some any of the previous episodes that we've had, we've had some really cool guests on this season. We've had this season. We've had Marcus Johnson from the Indianapolis Colts. We've had the pocket queen um, <laughs> um, and some and some others. And we're looking forward to some special guests that are coming up really, really soon. I don't want to tell you, uh, but I, I'm excited uh, for the month of February. So. We love you guys, Um, and as always, we want you to remember it is not a hard conversation. It's a hard conversation. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Bye-bye
1: now.